0: Welcome to Thinking Like a Lawyer, with your hosts Ellie Mistal and Joe Patrice, talking about legal news and pop culture, all while thinking like a lawyer, here on Legal Talk Network.
1: Hello, welcome to another edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law, and once again, my co-host here, physically in the room with me, is Ellie Mistal,
2: and fully dressed. On a previous podcast, I had made a request that somebody sponsor the podcast and send me a trench coat. My uh, family who listened was very unhappy with that and wanted me to assure all of our listeners that I am fully capable of buying my own coats. Oh, yeah. Um, and I do not need the charity of others to dress myself, so... There you go, my sister.
1: Yeah, I don't think... I, I i certainly didn't get that impression. I thought the impression that was that you, you know, expose yourself and you need a trench coat. I thought that was what we were going for, but...
2: I mean, uh, so did I, quite frankly, and I was surprised to get the pushback that I did, but there you go. I, yeah. I am capable of being clothed.
1: And we always... Uh, yeah, we always want to make sure that everyone gets the exact right impression about uh, your state of dress, which is currently though it not always is, but currently
2: fully clothed. Yay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so today we're... This, this week I feel like you wanted to, to grind some gears a little bit more even than I did, uh, right?
1: It's It's kind of a... It's less of a grinding gears. I just think that a story came up this week that is hilarious and has legal overtones, and we didn't really write much about it on Above the Law, but we wanted to kind of chat about it because I do think this is kind of fascinating The from an IP situation. So Time Magazine has reportedly sent a cease and desist letter to Donald Trump over the fact that he puts up in his golf courses this cover, this framed cover of Time Magazine talking about how great he is when he was on the cover of Time Magazine. And the only problem is that it's a fake, entirely fake – cover that was doctored up photoshopped up to make it look like he was on the cover of time magazine it's literally fake news it is in fact fake news yes uh and they've requested that he take it down and it got me thinking like what what's the claims here like what kind what's going on
2: i i don't see where really where it is because i i remember you know there's you go to the boardwalk and they have a thing where you put your head in the in the cardboard cutout and then somebody prints out a Time, person of the year, kind of mock up for you. Um, I feel like this is a service, maybe not directly offered by the magazine, but like I definitely have seen people with fake person of the year um, cover shoots of them. And everybody knows it's fake and it's fun and, and whatever. It's only Trump who, I mean, who apparently, not, I, really, it's not, it, it's only the kind of mouth breathing idiots that go to Trump golf courses at this point. Who might look at that and think it was real. But I think, you know, up here amongst us Illuminati, I think it's it's well established um, that sometimes Time magazine covers are fake.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, that said, they they shouldn't be, right? I mean, there's a reason it's on a boardwalk that you get that in the same way that you can get knockoff Gucci's down on Canal Street. That's that's not that it's okay. Um, and the... Small business, yeah. Yeah, well, the <laughs> small business stealing intellectual property, yeah, they... The problem I have, like I don't quite under I didn't quite understand what the claim against Trump himself would be because whoever is doing the business of putting fake Time magazine covers out there, they are violating the trademark uh, and potentially the copyright of Time magazine copyright Times font, and it's a fairly generic one, so it may not be copyrightable, but it's definitely a trademark and there's some claim against the person who's doing it and there's some dilution maybe claim of making them look like time magazine look like it's not a real news site that just does advertorial for billionaires and there might be some claim there but those aren't against trump unless of course trump is the person who ordered these fake things made then maybe there's that claim but there's not that but i talked to professor sprigman from nyu to just get a an actual like deep dive on what the legal issues here might be because the cease and desist letter isn't out his sense was that it's an iffy claim but that he thinks there might be a false endorsement claim here for Ah. time because the magazine cover basically says look at this guy he's a great guy signed time magazine when time magazine didn't really write it uh and that that sort of might be the basis for their claim it's just interesting that as you pointed out, the fake news thing is being thrown around, and then here the literal only fake news is this. Although not the only, there's actually another Time Magazine snafu, which was a few months ago, earlier in the term. There was a picture of him in his in the Oval Office, and there was a Time Magazine on the desk, and that Time Magazine was actually a doctored cover too. Really? Yeah, but a, a famous hoax. It was uh, there was a right wing Photoshop of an old. Uh, old cover that had a penguin and ice on it and that's from the 70s that said becoming ice age and they use it to say like in the 70s you thought it was an ice age and now you're saying global warming you don't know what you're doing but that's not at all what that cover is it's a fake
2: do you think donald trump has ever read a time magazine cover to cover like ever in his entire life oh probably not
1: oh i mean but who reads who reads time magazine cover to cover right now but like trump's yeah. been around for a while i guess i mean i I never really felt of Time Magazine as a cover-to-cover kind of publication. You know? <laughs> like I, I'll read like the story I'm interested in and move on. I,
2: like the Economist, so is a cover you definitely to cover. think that Trump has read a story in Time Magazine. From, I mean, like, if his name was in it, I'm sure he did the whole story. You think? Maybe really? Which I would take that money. Yeah. I, that's a good segue because I would take that money. I would give you. There you go. I would give you Trump never reading, uh, never reading a full article in Time Magazine. Um, minus, minus 150.
1: Okay. All right. I mean I just feel like he sues so many people for scurrilous actually non non-colorable claims of libel that he probably would. But uh, well, that that's fair. Well, that's a that is a great segue. Good point. Um the segue to is to uh guest we've had on a few times, uh Steve Silver from the Legal Blitz. Welcome back.
3: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. Well, so we we've, hey, we've got Steve back because the last time we were talking, we were on a previous episode. We were talking about these New Jersey's continuing quixotic efforts to get sports gambling in the state, which is not allowed under federal law. And it's been litigated a few times and they keep failing. But people
2: don't understand. A lot of people don't understand that. They think, oh, Atlantic City, you can gamble in New Jersey. You can't gamble on sports in New Jersey, which New Jersey. doesn't understand why that's so, and and on uh, while everyone as we were kind of
1: talking while everyone is concentrating on other things, the Supreme Court did this week. The Supreme Court agreed to take that case, so we're going to get a definitive answer coming up.
2: Yeah, so Steve, let's let's set that up. So so this Monday, the Supreme Court this week. Sorry, uh, I don't know when people are listening. Um, uh, at the end of the term, the Supreme Court decided to take a number of new cases. Um, they decided to take the travel ban case. People are very interested in that. They decided to take um, masterpiece uh, cake shop case, which is about uh, religious freedom or gay rights, depending on how you slice it. Um, but that wasn't the one that you noticed. Um, so oh. tell us what else right. the court took.
3: Right, and it, it actually wasn't the same day. It it, it came out uh, in their in their cleanup order, so to speak, on uh, on Tuesday. So you know all the headlines are breaking about these these major cases are going to take and. You know us who care about sports betting um, or sports in general were kind of left hanging and sure enough, start was granted. Um, so there, there's two cases that are consolidated into one and it's, I think, important that the case titles are actually important because the one is New Jersey Thoroughbred Horsemen's Association versus the NCAA and the other is Christie, as in Chris Christie versus the NCAA. Um, so they're they're consolidated cases um same issues but that Chris Christie in the title one is pretty interesting considering his ties with the Trump administration uh, you know and and how the solicitor general acted so the the drilled down short version is New Jersey thinks that PASPA the professional and amateur sports protection act is unconstitutional and they want legal sports betting um, and in the courts essentially going to decide is that law um, which we're approaching on almost 30 years of it being on the books is that unconstitutional
2: Now, hasn't um new jersey kind of litigated this before and lost and lost and kept losing i mean new jersey is like the mets on this on this issue
3: <laughs> right um uh, you know they this we're going on six years now of litigation um so you know if you if you're listening from new jersey um I guess I guess part of your tax dollars have been funding this for for quite a while at this point um, in the governor's quest. (laughs) But this actually started um, because the voters approved it in New Jersey, the the voters voted with an overwhelming majority to, in a sense, legalize sports betting. Um, It's not as simple as that, but but that's what they voted for. And so it went to the state legislature. They created the laws and, and the regulations that. You know, it would be limited to the uh, horse tracks and the casinos, and created the whole the whole regulatory scheme to have sports betting, because their voters wanted it, their citizens wanted it.
2: Can you explain how the this pass? Do you explain how it prevents New Jersey and, as you're pointing out, New Jersey voters from having the sports gambling that they so richly deserve?
3: Right. So, New Jersey. I think it's also important that for people to know that New Jersey had a chance to have legal sports betting back in the nineties. So PASPA uh, grandfathered in, which is why Nevada has sports betting, uh certain state. Uh, so, you know, Nevada said, okay, we're going to have sports betting. Delaware was allowed to have a version of parlay cards because that's what they had on the books. And New Jersey could oh, have had. Sorry, what?
2: Yeah. Parlay cards? Really? <laughs> yeah. In
3: Delaware? Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Dude. All right. Sorry. Go on. Ellie just left the recording studio <laughs> on his way to Delaware. heading to Wilmington. <laughs>
3: right. Yeah. you, you just got to keep going down 95 a, a little more. And, <laughs> you know, I used to go down there when I was living in Philadelphia. You But you've got to pick three or more events, uh, so to speak. And so the, the theory is that you're – you're no longer—I uh, don't know—a sense gambling. You're using more skill because you're picking three or more outcomes. Uh, but yes, yeah. you can have limited sports betting in Delaware. And this is all because of PASPA, um, and so the, the key language—and it's a pretty, you know, pretty short passage—that it's unlawful for a governmental entity to sponsor, operate, advertise, promote, license, or authorize. Um, and then it goes on: lottery, sweepstakes, betting, gambling—you know, anything. Uh, involving sport. Now, I've always argued, and, and a number of others have, that we have daily fantasy sports everywhere we look. How does that not violate PASFA? Uh And there are some fantasy sports cars out. But at the end of the day, New Jersey couldn't get their act together in the 90s. PASPA goes into effect. New Jersey never was able to pass the law to actually create the regulatory scheme for sports betting. And now we have Nevada, you know, cashing in um, in New Jersey uh, with Atlantic City on the verge of bankruptcy.
1: It definitely seems like this is, I mean, while there was a whole procedure, today this operates largely as Nevada's very powerful politicians getting their kind of kickback because they are preventing any discussion, really, of, hey, maybe we should let uh, let New Jersey in on this.
3: Well, you know, I I don't know if that's the case, because at this point, there's there's only a few companies operating in Nevada, and almost all of them have properties in Atlantic City, so they they would want the additional revenue. Um, the internet, company... although although
1: with the with the tour, well, I'm I'm thinking more the the tourist folks. Like if I'm Harry Reid, for instance, people have to come to me uh, and spend dollars in Nevada, uh, so long as it's the only op game in town, so
3: to speak. Well, well, so it's interesting you bring that up because, okay. in fact, we we, we we know Nevada. You go to Vegas, you've got the sports books, great time. Only a very small percent. It's, it's less than five percent. Maybe it's about two or three percent of all sports bets in America take place in Nevada. So the people who are huh. betting are betting. There's this. The money's going offshore, or it's going to you know the neighborhood bookie, um, or it's going between friends. So you know we know and so it's and not
2: the so it's not the legislative mafia it's the actual freaking mafia <laughs> that is well, blocking uh, legislation on this
3: right and so well wow. you know and you you know and when I and I've written written for above the law or, or other sites that I always usually throw in a line about the bookies because they're the ones who truly stand to lose the most from this but you bring up mafia and, and I'd like to use another word which is cartel the cartel that's blocking this is the NCAA and, to some extent, the NFL <laughs> and the other Pro League. Um, and, yeah. and it's something that I think most people are shocked when I tell them, um, and they don't realize that PASPA specifically grants those sports leagues the same power as the U.S. Attorney General to shut down sports betting. And in these six yeah. years of litigation – uh, up until the solicitor general was asked to give his opinion, the federal government has been silent. They are not the ones involved here, and the in the feds are not the ones trying to shut down what New Jersey is doing.
2: Explain why the leagues want that, because I mean I think so many people understand that the NCAA a benefits when people bet on the tournament, and and uh, National Football League benefits when people are betting on the games on Sunday. So explain why the leagues want to officially formally limit gambling to just one state
3: sure so and again remember this started six years ago and at that point we didn't have an NHL team in Vegas we didn't have an NFL team in Vegas and we had daily fantasy sports but not to the extent that everyone now knows about DraftKings and FanDuel and that most of these pro sports franchises have invested heavily in so, so, the whole landscape has changed, but the party line to answer your question, the party line would be integrity of the game. You hear integrity of the game thrown out left and right, um, but that's Pete nonsense. Rose, at oh this no! Point. I mean, they're <laughs> right. they,
1: They're just about the student athletes. You know that, right? Yeah,
3: <laughs> right. Just so, really
1: about the the classes.
3: Well, <laughs> and, and so the real the real reason the real reason behind that is money. If if you had a way that sports betting um, would would give the NFL extra revenue tomorrow, we'd already have legal sports betting, and I mean extra direct mm. revenue. They're very well aware that their ratings on Thursday night blowout games are almost exclusively from people who have money on the game. Um, <laughs> the leagues, yeah, know there's this. no other reason. <laughs> the leagues know this. That's why they have injury reports. I mean, truthfully, that is, that, is, that is why injury reports exist, and there are rules. Um, now, granted, you know, Bill Belichick uh, won't always go into detail, and hockey gives generic lower body injury reports, but that's why. It's for the better. Yeah. That's why every pregame show talks about point spread and favorite. You know, there's a, there's a massive amount of people uh, gambling massive amounts of money uh, we're just not we're just not taxing it or regulating it and so the integrity of the game argument from the NCAA standpoint is nonsense because you can't bet on unlv games in Vegas anyway and the New Jersey mm-hmm. has already said they would you know for any events taking place in the state it would be pulled off the board and so if you don't you get to bet a, on
1: the Giants and jets
3: well no 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 just just the NCAA.
1: Oh, so, well, not, okay. you don't get bet on so you don't get to bet on Rutgers. Well, that's good. That I can't imagine there's a spread big enough for <laughs> Rutgers losing. So that makes well, sense.
3: Well, right. Or let's say the NCAA were to hold a champion, you know, a, a tournament event in New Jersey, they could pull those games off the board. That that's already been done for decades in Vegas. Um, you know, for the other leagues, you already have Major League Baseball. You know, the NBA. You know, the commissioner saying, "Yeah, we're going to revisit this." You know, we're we're in favor of maybe redoing the legislation um, and the NFL at this point they what can they say they're putting a team in Las Vegas how can they possibly say that the, the you know the evils of gambling is somehow going to ruin the game and i think the counter is in, in my counter in my experience of, of living and reporting in Las Vegas is that you want the money tracked you want the bets being placed at a sportsbook because there are ways in, in a lot of uh, computer systems that are already in place internationally that can track um, unusual bets or swings of the line that might be signaled that there's you know something nefarious going on. But you, you, you lose that ability if they're under the table. So, yeah. That's what really they do in Britain bring... with,
2: the, uh, with the EPL,
3: with the English sure. Premier League. So You know, yeah. and, and, well, we and every of... now and then, you know, every now and then you hear about issues, whether it's with soccer or with um, tennis. Um, you know, where where people are, you know, throwing matches or or whatever it is. And the reason we know that is because is because we know what the bets are, and we can see how the lines move. Mm-hmm. But we don't know that if all these things are taking place under the table.
2: So you've made a compelling case for why the leagues might be interested in 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 allowing legislation to be changed here. Um but let's also talk about the legal um angle um at court. How how was passed ever something that seemed like um it passed muster under the under the 10th amendment. And I know as a liberal I just said the 10th amendment like it was a good thing. Lord forgive me. But like it's there and it has to <laughs> if it's going to have any meaning, doesn't it have to have meaning um for a case like this.
3: Well, that, and that's going to be the heart of, you know, the heart of the argument and the the court has mentioned past the uh, kind of in passing in, in a, in a few opinions. And actually, you know, if some of the listeners might remember the Shelby County case, uh, you know, Roberts mm-hmm. yeah. wrote the opinion on that. Right. So, uh, well, I, I know you two do, uh, but <laughs> in, in, in the Shelby County case, um, Ginsburg actually talked about PASPA in the dissent, you know, as an example of, you know, the statutes that that treat states differently, um, that is this safe? So is something like PASPA safe, you know, given the expansion of this, you know, the the notion of this equal sovereignty? Um, Mm -hmm. And so that theme, I think, is going to come up here. You you know, you're going to talk about, you know, commandeering the, the state's powers and a lot of Tenth Amendment arguments. Uh, it's ripe with just people. If you're interested in constitutional law, uh, this case is, is is ripe with them. And I think it will really tell us a lot about, you know, where the justices uh, are on the spectrum, and really how Gorsuch is going to continue to roll, because you would think this is right up the states' right. You know, uh, you know, we need to limit the big bad federal government type of argument. Yeah, yeah, but it strikes, it's gonna, yeah, it strikes
1: ahead. me as though the, the tenth, the, how they come about getting an answer on this is going to be interesting, because I think there are a few ways you could resolve this case, but I think there's a lot, like you said, we're going to learn a lot about the spectrum, because i got to assume the conservative justices are very interested in making this a Tenth Amendment case. Federal government shouldn't be telling states what to do with their gambling regulations, whereas there's, there's the other argument that is, sure, the federal government could pass a law banning banning gambling if they wanted to, but you could say the federal government doesn't get the right to say, except for Nevada, that there's there's an argument that the disparate impact is the issue, which is kind of what Ginsburg was talking about with the Voting Rights Act. But how this gets resolved and what it means for other stuff, uh, marijuana laws, voting rights, et cetera, is going to be interesting.
3: I
2: also think it's going to be inter- interesting to see how they're, you know, especially for the conservatives, being put in a box a little bit here, in terms of some of the kind of social culture war issues um, versus some of these state rights rights issues, right? Like I I, I, I kind of agree with what you guys have said that that it seems like there should be a slam dunk case for a guy like Gorsuch to get the federal government off your backs. But I also can see a guy like Gorsuch saying, "Oh, oh goodness, no, we can't have this gambling in this establishment." Like, the, I mean, that that does put them culturally in a bit of a in a bit of a bind. Because for whatever reason, we still tend to treat gambling as you know, like a, a major vice,
1: almost as bad as dancing. Almost as bad yeah. as dancing.
3: <laughs> well, that's that's exactly right. And you know, I, I I've been trying, been sitting here before before I came on today, trying to figure out, you know, h- how would each justice come down, and it's, it's extremely hard to predict. Um, you also have these, you know, if you're going to adhere to the text of the law, and you know, not you know, not undo what Congress wanted, you know, th- does it does it just remain in place? Um, but I tend to think, you know, when you look at the history of this case where New Jersey has lost twice at the Third Circuit, um, one including a hearing in front of the entire circuit, they lost 10 to 2. So you've got a, a clear law. The court asks for the views of the Solicitor General who says you shouldn't take the case, and they uh, ignore them. Which they don't often do, you know. The court usually, yeah. uh, I think it's eighty percent of the time, does what the solicitor general said. So there's at least four justices we know that who are very interested in this case, um, and maybe interested in a way of, you know, <laughs> getting rid of PASPA. The question is, are there five? Um, and, and who's yeah. that for? So I I I I believe I would think they didn't take this case. Just to affirm the Third Circuit.
1: Yeah, that would seem ridiculous, right? Like, what? What's the point?
2: It feels. I mean, again, we're we're kind of tea leaf reading here, but but it feels to me like Roberts is going to be your swing here more than anybody, right? Because because I I, I I you know Alito, Thomas, Gorsuch, let's put them all in the super state rights bucket. Kennedy, this actually seems like a, a kind of Tenth Amendment thing that Kennedy would would go for. Roberts, right, is is the one who has to balance his kind of state right BS with his, you know, well, Congress duly passed this law. I mean, it's not like you can make the arguments that Congress didn't know what it was doing. Yeah. I mean, sorry. You can always make the argument that Congress didn't know what it was doing. But, I mean, this is a... This is a clearly passed law of Congress that they've had ample op- the legislators an ample opportunity to change it if they want to, and then especially with what you're reporting, Steve, in terms of how the leagues themselves might be gearing up to change legislation. You know, from a robber's perspective, changing these kinds of things legislatively is always preferable to changing them um, from the bench. So it really is going to be. I, I would imagine that he's he's your swing.
3: Well, that could be, um, you know, but, but then you also have his. You know, you have his Shelby County opinion, um, right. which you know, you know that's that's his, his hallmark of the you know equal sovereignty. And so, yep. what do we do about that? You know, what what, what do we do when yeah. some states can, you know, do something and some can't? Um, uh, it's it, it, it's a really in- tricky, interesting case. We also have some you know major heavyweights who are going to argue it. You know, it's going to be Ted Olson versus Paul Clement. Um, really. Yeah, <laughs> so and versus. You know. oh. Yep, yep.
1: Yeah, well, I'm I'm uh, not looking forward to handicapping this for my fantasy Scotus league, um, <laughs> which I am in fact in. Uh, and if you, if no one listening is in it, by all means, you should join the fantasy Scotus league because it's it's kind of a fun way of legal nerding your day and gambling. <laughs> it's not really gambling. There's, uh, I think. I, some occasionally there's a sponsor that awards like a Starbucks card to the top 10 percent of at the end of the year or something like that. It's nothing really much. And not, it doesn't cost you money, so it's more of a a giveaway. It's but, not
2: Scotus FanDuel.
1: Yeah, but it's uh, it's fun. You try it. It was a lot of fun when there were only eight justices. Made it uh, a little bit more
3: difficult. <laughs> right. All right. Well, man. you know, I, I also wonder, you know, and, and you guys maybe follow the court a little close more closely is. To what extent does the court, you know, how do they treat the solicitor general? This is, you know, this is the same guy traveling around yeah. the country defending the travel ban. So, you know, how do they view his opinion? Um, and as part of this, that they kind of saw him flip flop, um, you know, from what we call Christy one and Christy two, and that maybe they just don't just don't respect <laughs> the administration's views as much as they used to.
2: Yeah, no, I think I think whether or not uh, Jeffrey B. Wall has any credibility, I think we, I think we have to wait to see really how they they treat him in the travel ban uh, litigation. Um, that'll be that'll be an it will it will be interesting. On your point, just to see the the level of respect he is accorded while he is arguing this, um, m- will it be the same as what Don Varelli got or Elena Kagan got? I don't know. Because the lower courts have been straight up, you know, the lower courts have not extended wall um, any and any Department of Justice at all, any, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see.
3: Right, and you also have another another interesting footnote is Trump was an avid sports betting, uh, you know, supporter when he owned a casino in Atlantic City, and was very vocal about that, but. You know, now his administration is taking the position that we shouldn't have it. And, you know, Sessions has come out and saying, you know, right, gambling is is like dancing and it's, you know, the devil's work. So where do we go from here? This is a a hot case, and and I think it's a lot of issues.
1: I mean, well, I think this comes to what I've long surmised may be an internal issue with the administration until Fox News mentions – during fox and friends that sessions has taken that stance trump may not even understand that that's what happened so i'm interested in when they mention the administration wants to ban gambling in atlantic city because i could imagine the administration's feelings changing probably via tweet within about 10 minutes of that
2: honestly i mean you it sounds like you're joking but you're not i mean I, I i think that it would you would be foolish at this point to think that trump even knows this case is happening, has any idea what his administration's position is on the issue, and and does not know where he is supposed to stand on this vis-a-vis his various constituencies. So there's the, – I mean, again, you know, like it's sad, but you really aren't joking when you say that we don't actually know what Trump's position will be on this until somebody on the TV tells him that this is an issue. That's our which,
3: if that's true, which, if that's true, it's also very sad for Chris Christie, who, who Aww. has, you know, I mean, this, is, Governor this is about the only thing he has left, and you know, clearly Trump and his administration just aren't listening to him or, or don't care.
2: Governor Reek has a has a long game, and I don't think that it's played out yet. He, I... he, Governor Reek, absolutely thinks that Sessions is going to resign or be forced out, or there's going to be some kind of fallout. Um, Governor Reek still thinks that he will eventually be the 85th United States Attorney General.
1: I mean, yeah, I don't know. He, was he ever a prosecutor? He never talks about that. <laughs> I guess maybe he was. Um, yeah, no. This this was uh, an this is an interesting case. We're going to be monitoring it going forward. Uh, thank you so much, Steve, for joining us again and walking us through this again. Because, um, well, you know, we're we're all. Uh, we're all big gamblers, so we. Uh, I'm actually am gonna go to Vegas in the near future, so I need to. Uh, I need to brush up on
2: my sports betting. I'm that so. I need to I'm share. so pissed about that. So so the. You're,
1: you're pissed that I'm going. You're not pissed that you're not going. You're actually more pissed that I'm going. No, I'm pissed. That <laughs> I, I, like so
2: so so Ilta, um, the big. Uh, Legal Tech Conference that, that I'm sure some of our readers, some of our listeners, um, will be at. Um, they have their conference in two places. We have one in DC, and then they flip and they go to Vegas, and they go to back to DC, and they go to Vegas. That's just what they do. And so I was forced to go to ILTA last year when it was in DC. And, you know, I went and I and I and I and I and I enjoyed it. Um, but now that it's in Vegas, oh, we're only going to send one person, yeah. as opposed to two. And so Joe Joe drew the short ilta aren't you going to be like in ireland though the week before
1: atlanta but it's like ireland um it's like ireland because it's also an island (laughs) that sinks into the ocean that's oh not atlanta yeah no um yeah no so i'll be out there uh if any vegas listeners uh are around during ilta maybe we'll see if we can get something going uh but yeah no so this is all a long way to say that I want to gamble, and I'm going to ask for tips from you and Steve, so that's that's all I got. All right, but th- thanks again for joining us, and thanks, everyone, for listening. If you aren't already subscribed to the podcast via whatever method of subscribing you use, you should. That way, you'll get every episode. There's the Legal Talk Network app that also allows you to listen to this show and other shows. You should read above the law. You should tell more people about reading above the law because it's fun and we're and we're mildly entertaining people. Uh, you should follow us on Twitter. I'm at Joseph Patrice. He's at L-E-N-Y-C. We tweet relatively interesting stuff back and forth.
2: And if you have a case, uh, especially a, a Supreme Court or federal appellate case that you think we should be focused on, don't assume that we have saw it already. Because, yeah. Because um, that, that one was slipped under our radar.
1: You know, also... If you have questions ranging from, and we've gotten several serious ones about our decision podcast about making decision about law schools, uh, we might have to do another episode on some of those, even though it may not help the people actually asking those questions because it might be too late, could be useful for others. We may do one of those in the future. But don't just limit the questions you email at, uh, I'm Joe at Above the Law, and he's Ellie at Above the Law, E-L-I-E. Uh, email us those questions. Any other things you kind of are interested about with the podcast, you know, we can... Maybe we'll work, read them on air in a mailbag episode, or maybe they'll inspire a new episode. And they can be ridiculous. I mean, one of my favorite football podcasts in the off season has been doing podcasts where they're like, "What's the best grocery store?" Uh, and they just argue about it. Like I, we could do ridiculous stuff because that's the whole point of thinking like a lawyer. We would probably have some weird insights into grocery stores that would be very steeped in civil procedure. I'm sure, um, but do all that sort of stuff. Uh, let us know. Uh, listen to everything blah 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 blah, give us ratings and reviews on those subscription services that you that you uh, have for the podcast that helps us get more stuff and that's uh, that's it I think
2: you guys have a nice one
1: great thanks
0: If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can also find us at AboveTheLaw.com, ATLRedLine.com, iTunes, RSS, Twitter, and Facebook. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own. And do not represent the views of nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.